United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Let's talk now to Merner Gallick, who is a China and East Asia senior analyst for the United States Institute of Peace. She joins us now to talk about this upcoming summit in Vilnius, Lithuania, and the NATO relations with the Indo-Pacific partners, specifically the Indo-Pacific nations, Australia, New Zealand, South Korea, and Japan will be attending the NATO summit for a second year in a row. The question is, why does that matter right now so much to a developing NATO-Indo-Pacific relationship? Myrna, welcome and good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. Thanks, Laura. I'm glad you're joining us. So orient the conversation for us because um, we've been hearing a lot about the um, idea of Ukraine wanting to be a member, about Sweden and the relationship and roadblocks with Hungary and Turkey. But we haven't heard a lot about the Indo-Pacific nations and what role um, their attendance at the summit will actually play going forward. What, what, why is this so important? So as you mentioned, this is the second year in a row that the leaders of these four countries will be joining a NATO summit. Last year at Madrid was the first, um, and their attendance is really important for a number of reasons. First, uh, all four of these countries are strong supporters of Ukraine, and they are being there at a a NATO meeting that will certainly be focused in large part on Ukraine and the war there, is a testament to the fact that it's not only within Europe and the Euro-Atlantic that there is opposition to Russia's actions, but also from very important partners in the Indo-Pacific and beyond. In addition, NATO has had a increasing focus on security in the Indo-Pacific and how that might impact security in the Euro-Atlantic for a number of years now. And the, the presence of these partners is a testament to the notion that NATO is continuing to pay attention to what's happening in the Indo-Pacific and working with these partners there, even though a lot of its current focus is being taken up by Russia. It's fascinating to think about the history of NATO relations with these countries, as you've articulated, and thinking about the shared interest of NATO. And one of the, you know, obviously the focus of some of the NATO allies and NATO uh, member countries that are in Europe, that are in close proximity to Russia, their focus is perhaps very self-invested and interested for obvious reasons based on their proximity. But for the other nations you describe, you're looking at, um, is the is the focus and the power dynamic equally as impactful, even though it's a little bit more distant? You mean of the Indo-Pacific? Yes, Yeah, so at the summit last year, NATO released a new strategic concept, which is the 10-year planning document that it has. And the original NATO strategic concept that was updated, which is from 2010, um, was focused only on Russia. And this new strategic concept has at least an equal focus on China. So regardless of whether NATO is currently Uh, sort of busy with the problems that Russia is causing, the alliance as a whole, both the countries that are focused more on Russia and the countries that are focused more globally, have agreed to boilerplate baseline language, um, noting the challenges that China poses. So again, even though the the alliance's business is currently taken up a lot with Russia's war in Ukraine, the interest in the Indo-Pacific and the focus on the challenges that China poses for the alliance remains. Regardless of that. So what do you expect to see um, 
at Vilnius. I mean, are we talking some side meetings? Will there be um, possible a NATO liaison office in other countries? What What do we expect to happen at this particular summit with their attendance? So on the 12th, which is the second day of the summit, uh, the leaders of these four nations will join the North Atlantic Council um, leaders in a joint meeting with partners. Um, and that will be sort of the main event that these partners will attend. Um, at the summit last year, the four countries themselves had a side meeting with just the, the, just the leaders of those four countries to discuss how they can better cooperate with NATO. And I expect that that will happen again, barring any unforeseen sort of scheduling issues among the four leaders. And in terms of this liaison office um, that has been proposed for Japan, I think just a couple of days ago, France once again reiterated its strong opposition to a liaison office. I think this liaison office would be quite useful, actually. Um, one of the things that these countries uh, that are partners of NATO have faced that's an obstacle is that they're they're so far away from Europe that they're it's difficult to even coordinate because of time differences and things like this. And also, you know, NATO's messaging to publics in their countries isn't very well coordinated. So the liaison office that has been proposed to be opened in Tokyo would kind of help with these kinds of basic things, as well as help these partners to work on uh, implementing the partnership documents that they're currently updating with NATO. So. I think the partnership office or the liaison office would be really useful. Um, France tends to disagree, uh, so we'll see where that comes up. But I think it's currently still under discussion, and I don't really expect any announcements on it at the summit itself. Why does France disagree? I think uh, President Macron has given a couple of reasons. One is that he believes that the alliance shouldn't have any kind of physical presence outside of its sort of geographic area of responsibility, which is the Euro-Atlantic. Uh, and he's also mentioned that he uh, doesn't want to upset China, which is uh, not happy about uh, NATO's partnerships with countries in the Indo-Pacific. So, but, you know, I think those are his reasons and, you know, other allies in the alliance have reasons that they think that a liaison office would be useful. So we'll have to see where the allies come out on this question. Really interesting um, to hear your perspective and give us a bit of a preview of what to expect coming up. Myrna Gallick, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.